Hi, and welcome to episode 23 of the Modern Casanova podcast, How Making Big Decisions Gets Easier. So, welcome to the show. As I say, episode 23, um, we are firing ahead with this now. Really glad to be back on a weekly schedule doing this. Um, May make the episodes a little, a touch shorter, just so that they're brief, bite-sized, and I can get into your ears every week with a little bit of content because I know that people follow the show, they like it, I get some really great feedback on it and it's something I'm really excited to do and to sort of expand on as we go forward. So let's see how things go but uh, proud and happy to be presenting the 23rd episode today. So hope you've had a good week so far. Um, For me it's been a pretty big week um, and the reason why it's been a big week kind of keys into what I want to talk about. So I will explain. So this week I handed in my notice at my corporate job. So I said to them, thank you. It's been great to be here, but uh, I am going to be leaving. And I gave them two weeks notice because I'm still in a probationary period at the moment. Um, I'm on a six month probation. And so the severance or sorry, notice period um, is only two weeks. In the UK, if you, when you're <clears throat> past that initial probation period, then your notice period can be anything from a month up to two months, sometimes even six months. So um, I was quite fortunate in a sense because it means that I'm able to uh, get out of that contract more quickly. So I've got two, two weeks basically, so until the end of this month and then, I will have left that company and I will be free from corporate work and you know it's a big thing really for me because I've been doing that kind of corporate work really coming up for 20 years now it's a long time it's a long long slog a big part of my life Um, you know and it's no light decision I suppose to remove oneself from that and you know, the company that I'm at at the moment, they're a, a great bunch. Um, I've got no complaints about them at all. Uh, it's been really great to work there, but you know, anyone who's been following my work or you know, my, my journey, if you like, if you want to use that phrase, <laughs> uh, will be aware that you know, the corporate world isn't for me. I, I, I have doubts that it's really for anybody, but particularly with, with Firstly, the way things are going in my particular industry, um, not not very well is the short version, has made uh, corporate work in that s- sector particularly difficult in the last few years. We've also got some economic problems on the horizon, I suspect, in the UK with Brexit. I think even the most enthusiastic Brexiter um, would have to concede that it's likely we're going to see some disruption in the next you know year, a few years possibly longer. So, you know, that's not going to make the the working environment any easier um, for anybody, really. There's going to be more commercial pressures on businesses in one way or another. Um, so that's going to have a knock-on effect in my sector. It's going to make things tough, basically. So for a whole raft of reasons, those two included, I felt that it was time for me to, to make that break. And that's really what I've been sort of working towards for a while now, sort of probably unconsciously at first. Um, You know, I think I've been on a journey for quite a long time to get to this point of, you know, severing my 
um, you know, reliance on corporate work and, and going to work full time for, for myself. And that's come about in a number of ways, really, over, over, as I say, a period of years, I think. But what I want to focus on today is the decision making process, because in the last few years, I've made a number of big changes in my life or a number of big changes have occurred in my life and um, some of those haven't been at my behest but um, increasingly now some of them have been and I am really really bad at making decisions I am <clears throat> you know and this is sort of coming from that beta mindset if you like into alpha so if you imagine pure alpha is the guy he's the warrior who just says right i decide we're gonna invade mongolia go that's it we're putting everything into it burn your boats let's do it you know so you imagine that sort of decision making on one side of the spectrum and then right on the beta side you imagine a kind of woody allen style prevarication about what it is uh, one is going to do next, you know, oh my god, I'm not sure, you know, should I do this, should I do that, oh my, I'm so, you know, I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. Um, so if you imagine those two as being the sort of <clears throat> two sides of the spectrum in terms of decision making, if you like, I was always kind of on the wrong side of that, really. I was always sort of, God, there's this big decision, but I just really don't know what to do. And I would have to ask, you know, 15 people for their opinions, I would search on the internet, I would spend hours agonizing over this or that outcome, you know, I would list pros and cons, I would try to weight those pros and, con, pros and cons um, in terms of importance, and I would sort of come down on one side and then I would think, well actually, maybe, maybe that's totally wrong, because what about this, what about this particular element, so maybe actually, in, although there's pros to that side, this particular pro on the other side just outweighs all of that, so I should do that. And then the next day I wake up and think, but no, but what about this other thing? Maybe I should do the first thing I was gonna do instead. And so it would go on. And look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making out pros and cons lists and looking deeply into what it is you're trying to decide. I think really those things are part of the due diligence that you need to do if you are making any kind of decision big or small. So that's all fine, but I suppose what I'm saying is I'm somebody who has agonized over decisions in my life for quite a long time. And I think it's becoming a little bit easier. Um, and I think that's happened for a very specific reason, which I'm gonna talk about now because I think there's something useful here that you can take and apply in your own life. So what happened with me was I was for a very long time in London in a sort of comfort zone if you like. So I was in a job that I didn't particularly like. I was working for a company that you know I was agnostic about at best there were good things about working there, that's undeniable, but I wasn't particularly fond of their product range. I, you know, I, I didn't take any particular pride in being a part of that organization. The work, while interesting-ish at times, was not really what I wanted to be doing with my life. Um, the pay was good within a certain context. I mean, you know, I wasn't a millionaire, I wasn't pulling in a kind of a fat cat, huge salary, but I was certainly doing, 
I was certainly doing well, particularly at certain points during my employment there. I was doing pretty well. I was doing well enough to buy a property um, in London, which uh, you know a lot of people want to do but are, are unable to do because of the the current pricing. Uh, that you have in this city, so you know, I I did pretty well. It was a kind of a middle class, um, upper, upper lower middle class sort of income, if you like, without getting too specific. But you know, I was working for a firm I didn't particularly like. I was working with some fantastic people and other people that you know I, I wasn't weren't really my cup of tea. Um, you know, it, it, it was the kind of compromise that I think a lot of us tend to make with corporate work, which is that, you know, you, you've got to, how can I put it? I mean, why do people do corporate work? Because for the money, basically. I don't think anybody really loves it. And if they do, uh, you know, in my personal view, they're deluded. So there's, a, there's always a compromise. You know, you think, well, this isn't my heart's desire, but at the same time, I'm getting good money. And, you know, it's 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 not as hard as working down a coal mine and you know at least i get the weekends off and i can go on holiday for six weeks a year because in england we're very lucky we have um quite a lot of holidays that, that we can legally take at the moment before brexit comes in and all of our employment laws go out the window but that's uh, another matter for a for a different podcast um so yeah i was living that compromise and i was kind of in a comfort zone because i've been with this firm for 10 years and so <clears throat> You know, there were ups and downs. I nearly got made redundant at one point um, around the time of the financial crisis, uh, but I held on to the job and, you know, for safety, kind of stuck with it, started to accrue more benefits. And, um, you know, it, it was a re- for a long time, it was a relatively comfortable situation. It wasn't so stressful. I didn't have to worry too much. Now, in the meantime, I was living in London. I was I bought the apartment. I was doing game, so I was learning. I was learning all about game. That had been an ongoing kind of a uh, you know pastime that I had, uh, as well as doing other things in the background as well. But I was doing a lot of game. So I was meeting girls. I had girlfriends, but I was also meeting other girls. I was bringing them back to the apartment, having sex, you know. And it was, and I had the money to cover all of that. It was all pretty hunky-dory really um, well I say that actually in the background I was building up debt because although the salary was good and although I was making some good bonuses and so on um, I, the, the, the truth was I was spending beyond my means and I was spending beyond my means for quite a long time you know and that's something really that in the end you know <clears throat> you have to pay the piper and that's something that I'm sort of you know having to look at now but you know, anyway, things were ticking along. I had easy credit. I had a good income. I had, I was living relatively close to central London. I was pulling these different girls. I had this this job in a place that I could spin as being quite sort of glamorous in in some ways, I suppose. And um, you know, and it and it was all it was all relatively comfortable. I didn't have to worry too much about anything because there was a sort of a you know, as as long as that income was coming in. <clears throat> I was very comfortable by now in the city. I knew a lot of people. Everything was sort of ticking on quite well, although there were, you know, frustrations and um, and problems along the way as well. And then, um, a couple of years ago, I got into a situation where um, all of the management structure changed at that company. There were um, a lot of problems. The uh, the money coming into that company. Um, wasn't what the 
you know the owners wanted um the industry was very challenged and so pressure started to come down the line and i got into a situation there was loads of, of politics involved and you know it's not appropriate and i won't go into any of that but i got into a situation where i was basically forced to leave that company um and that wasn't in the plan it wasn't what i'd particularly wanted to do um it wasn't you know, something that I instigated myself, but I got into a situation where basically I was forced to leave that company. I wasn't fired, but you know, there was a, a whole big complicated thing. And, um, you know, I basically uh, chose, you know, chose to leave, but it was sort of, my hand was forced, if you like. Um, so at the time that was incredibly stressful. And it went on for quite a long time. And, you know, I had to go and see doctors. I had to see counselors. I was very stressed out. I was, I went through a very hard time because the whole rug of my existence really was being pulled out from underneath me. Because as I say, I've been in this comfort zone for so long and I had this regular income. And then all of a sudden I could see that this was coming to an end. I, I could see that I was gonna have to act. I was gonna have to get out of this situation and that was gonna come to an end. And there was no certainty about what was gonna come after that. Now, at the time I had lots of conversations with, with friends and you know advisors about what to do. And I mean, people were sort of saying at that point, you should go off and do your own thing. You know, you are a bachelor. You don't have a wife, you don't have kids, you don't have dependents. Um, why don't you rent your apartment? Why don't you sell your apartment? Why don't you go off and travel and, you know, you can do all these different things. Why are you living the life of, um, you know, a wage slave effectively when you probably don't really need to? And people were saying this kind of stuff to me and I was, um, you know, I was sort of agreeing with it really because, I, you know, I, um, over the last few years, have got really interested in, you know, the digital nomad lifestyle, in, in, in having one's own business, in being self-employed, in having freedom, the four-hour work week. I mean, all of this stuff um, that I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are familiar with, I got really into all of that as well. I, I was listening to, you know, like Tom Torero, who, who did his, his product about um, travel and about um, making, a, making money online. I was listening to obviously Tim Ferriss, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, you know, I, I got into James Altucher. There's so many people really that kind of espouse this sort of thing. And I was really, you know, really, really keen on it, but I, I sort of also didn't really have the courage to do it, I suppose. And anyway, so the whole rug was being pulled under me with this thing with the job. But what I ended up doing was defaulting um, and going back to my, you know, my default position, which was, okay, I'm going to stay in London, I'm going to get another corporate job, and I'm going to try and pay off my debts. Now, the thinking there was, I have to admit, slightly influenced by the fact that I also had this girlfriend. So I met this girl, we were getting on pretty well. Um, and as much as anything else, that was an incentive for me to sort of stay in London, to sort of stay in the game. To, to keep things going as they had before. Um, so, you know, I looked for jobs, I sought work, and sure enough, I got uh, another job. I got a very, very well-paying job with a different firm. So, 
after a period of time, <clears throat> when I kind of been off and I've been considering the situation, I went into work for this new company. Now, at first, that was an incredible breath of fresh air because I've been at this other place for 10 years. I walked into this new place and, you know, I was fired up, I was excited, this could be great, this could be an amazing opportunity. You know, I've been reading all of these business books, I've been reading like Grant Cardone about the 10 times rule, I've been reading, um, there's a book by Jeb Blount about sales called um, Relentless Prospecting, I think, which is really good. You know, I was reading all this stuff about um, business development, about sales, and I was really, really hungry, I was really fired up, and I, you know, I really wanted to do this. Now, as it turned out, um, there were, that job was very, very hard. What tends to happen, I've heard this happening a lot in London, is that, you know, people go from working for legacy sort of companies where the infrastructure is really good and they're cash rich and they've got a lot of money to going and working for startups where you get paid really well, but it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there. It's very hard. Now, you know... I found myself in a situation where I was representing a product that was very, very difficult to commercialize in reality in the marketplace. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I worked really hard at it and I saw some success and stuff, but it became clear to me after not very long really that the, the, the product that I was you know, meant to be selling basically was was flawed, there were problems with it. Um, it wasn't quite what I thought it was when I'd taken on the job, you know, and I could see, even though I was getting really well paid, I could see that this wasn't gonna, you know, this didn't feel like a long-term prospect for me, really, as a, as, a, as a job. Now, what was interesting was, whereas before I'd been at this other company for 10 years, and so the decision to, to leave that other company would have been overwhelming you know, when you think about it, I would have, it, it, it's so overwhelming that I, that I put it off and put it off and put it off until I basically got forced out. Um, in these new circumstances, the decision to leave this second company was relatively easy because already the worst thing, you know, not the worst thing in the world, but already the sort of Armageddon situation that I suppose I'd imagined with the first company of being forced out and having to leave and find new work after 10 years had already happened to me. And guess what? I'd survived and I'd been okay. And I come into this new thing and I, I wasn't emotionally connected with this new job or this new company really. You know, there were nice people there and stuff, but I didn't care. You know, I've been there for less than a year. Um, and so it was now relatively easy for me to make a decision to to leave, you know, it's relatively easy for me to say, okay, look, I, I don't think this is really working. I've shown to myself I can, I can move before. Let's put the feelers out and see if there's anything else out there. So I did that. I started to, to look around. I could see the situation wasn't going in a particularly great direction. So started to put the feelers out. I um, got some positive responses. And then I got an offer from somebody else for another, for another job, which I accepted. And I told the people where I was working that I was going to be leaving. And, you know, they were probably a little bit pissed off because I hadn't been there for, for so long. And they, they, they kind of thought that um, <clears throat> they made an investment in me and, you know, that would it, start to pay off. But I could see the writing on the wall and I didn't want to leave myself in a situation where I could be vulnerable. So, 
you know, I then took the initiative and, and left before that happened. So, <clears throat> but that process was so much easier than it had been, the, you know, in the previous job because now I was sort of used to it and now I was a bit more of a free agent because I'd broken the mould, you know, the, the, the harsh template that had been, you know, hemming in my life for so many years was now was now broken, you know, and I was used to, I was, I was agile, I was sort of used to moving at short notice, I was used to doing, you know, kind of things that would have perhaps felt risky to me before. So then I went into another company, and this was um, about a year ago, so this was about, about 12 months ago, I went to work for this other firm, another very big firm in the same sort of industry, um, and this felt more solid because they were, a legacy player, um, they had just won a very big contract, they had a lot of business going through already, and this kind of felt like, um, <clears throat> you know, finally I was going to reach that sort of plateau where I had wanted to get to again. So I started working there, and um, you know, look, again, it's not appropriate for me to go into the details and it'd be kind of boring for you guys anyway, but basically it was a shit show. Um, pretty quickly it became apparent that this place was in serious trouble as far as their finances were concerned. And, you know, as with many uh, companies, when you, when you look behind closed doors, it was sort of all over the place. There was a lot of political shenanigans going on. It was um, it was very, very bad. And something happened, which um, I won't go into, but I was treated very unfairly. Um, although I'd only been there for a short time. Something very unfair happened that, that really pissed me off. And, um, you know, I'm not gonna go into details, but it became clear again that I was gonna have to get out of that situation. Um, which I did. So I basically, this time I, I turned the tables on them, I fought back viciously, and I got them to pay me some money and I left. Now, <laughs> when I look at all this stuff, you know, and, and as, I, as I talk this through, of course you could say, well, hang on a minute, you've been at the center of three of these things now. Um, how much is it you? Um, as opposed to it being them. And the truth is, I don't really know the answer to that. I, I think my position is, you know, I was treated unfairly twice and I had about, a, you know, a less than, you know, a slightly subpar experience in the company in the middle. I mean, you know, possibly if an, if somebody, an impartial outsider looked at it, then maybe the way that I am exacerbated the problems. Um, it's quite possible that it did. But when you think about it, so what? Does that really matter? If, if you know, if I'm no longer, you know, if I'm no longer the right person to be, to be doing these jobs, if I am becoming a square peg in a round hole, then, you know, in the end, it's better that I go and do something else anyway. So, you know, even if you could say to some extent these situations were my fault, which I, I don't think they were, by the way. I think, um, you know, I, th I, think, I think, you know, economically the industry I work in is very challenged and, um, it, it, you know, this year has been a bad year and I think next year will be worse. So I don't really think it was like my fault, but 
even if it was, as I say, you know, so what? Because you have to recognise that you've come to a point where things just aren't working out anymore and then maybe you should move on. Okay, so I left that job and I go to, I take a month off and I'm travelling. I'm in Berlin and I'm in Ibiza and I, you know, various other things. And I'm now starting to get to a point where, you know, I've been offered another job with another big company um, which I'm going to go back and do but I'm now at a point where I'm starting to think well hang on a minute there's got to be more to life than this this is ridiculous this is sort of a merry-go-round um, but I have things to sort out because I have an apartment in London which is full of stuff that's been accumulated over 10 years um, and prior to that I had a girlfriend as well who had been living with me so what happened with the girlfriend? Well, and I'm, I'm jumping back a little bit now. So with the girlfriend, I've been living with her for about half a year. We've been seeing each other for a year. Um, and this, again, is the subject for another podcast, really. But I wasn't happy in that relationship. So I, after the six months, I ended that relationship. And that was very, very, very difficult for a whole raft of reasons partly because of you know the emotional side of it partly because i don't know the way that she reacted it was a very it was very unfortunate really the way the whole thing happened but i knew that it had to end because i knew that i was going to have to make major life changes and so and i've never been particularly good at ending relationships really or certainly not serious relationships but in this instance i did it because fundamentally I knew that it was the right thing to do. And doing it, I'm not saying doing it was easy, it wasn't an easy decision to make, but I'd already been through a major rupture, remember. I'd already lost my job of 10 years, or been pushed out of my job of 10 years. So I was becoming acclimatized to big changes and I was becoming, a, and, and I was also starting to see that I could go through big change and it wouldn't kill me. So that, in a way, made it easier for me to make the decision to um, split with my girlfriend because I'd already seen how these big changes could happen and I would remain, you know, unscathed. And so I made that decision with her and it was, it was slightly easier, although the aftermath has, you know, was, was difficult for, for many reasons. Um, anyway, so then going back to where I was before, so I've been off for, the, for this month, I, I have this job in London to do, I come back to London, I start working at this new firm and, you know, to be fair, <clears throat> as I said at the beginning, the new firm is, is, is nice, the people are good, uh, good products, etc, etc, but I'm not really feeling it, you know, I've now got to this point where I'm not enjoying the work anymore, I am, you know, they are also incredibly disorganised and all over the place, um, I, uh, there are various sort of internal issues that you know I won't go into but things are things aren't aren't ideal there and also I am less than enamored now with the whole industry and really I just want to go and do my own bloody thing so and also as well we have the spectre of what's happening economically in the UK and I won't talk about Brexit too much but it seems to me as I said at the top that you know we're coming into a period of um, instability to say the least so with that in mind as well 
and the fact that visa-free travel could become an issue after 2019, I thought, fuck it. I made a decision. I thought, right, how do I get out of this? And the way I thought about it was, okay, imagine if I lost my job again, what would I do? Imagine a scorched earth kind of, uh, um, you know, um, doomsday kind of scenario, what would I do? And I thought, well, what I would do, I wouldn't have any money, I've got these debts, I need to get out and do my own thing. I would sell the apartment and I would go and live in Berlin. And so that's what I decided to do. And I did something, and that was a massive thing for me because I never thought I would sell that apartment in London. And in a way, you know, I, I look at it now and I still don't know if that was the right decision because undoubtedly that apartment will go up in value. I think it will go up in value <clears throat> more slowly than real estate's gone up in value in London over the last decade, but it will still go up in value. And I've relinquished that investment. So on the one hand, you could say, well, that was a ridiculous, stupid move. But I, I'm not so sure because what it did is it freed me up. It's given me freedom to do my own thing. And that is something that I have craved forever. You know, that's something that I've desired since I first started working in this industry 20 years ago. You know, there's never been a point in that career, even in the best moments where I thought, yes, this is awesome, I have, I'm loving this. I've always felt, yeah, this is okay, but you know, I really, I wanna be doing my own thing. So the decision I made, while difficult, um, has freed me up. And then, the final piece of the puzzle, I made the decision to leave my job. So that's the final bit of freedom, really. If you think of the three, the three pieces, you've got leaving the relationship, which freed me up to be, you know, single and a free agent and to work on my business. Um, getting rid of the property, which allows me to uh, sort out debt and to have sort of geographical freedom and not to be tied down with things like having to rent it out, having to do repairs, having to pay service charges, major works bills, council tax, you know, all of these things. I mean, people bang on about property as being this amazing investment, but my God, let me tell you, there are loads and loads of things that you need to sort out, downsides to it. Um, you know, and again, I mean, like with anything, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, we in, the, in England, we are very boy, bullish about house prices because, you know, we think it's gonna go up all the time, but that is not necessarily the case. And there have been falls in, in prices across London in the last, you know, month. So, you know, um, <clears throat> I freed myself up with that. And then the final piece was leaving the job, saying to the job, okay, thanks, but no thanks. I'm gonna go, here's my papers, which I did this week. Now, those last three decisions were made so much easier by the fact of what had happened to me before, by the first decision to leave the company after 10 years, which had been pushed onto me, and by the next decision that I made, which was easier to leave the second company. So I hope you can see what I'm getting at. There's a sort of sense of, there's a desensitization process which happens where once one thing's happened to you, it becomes progressively easier to make big, bold, life-changing decisions after that. So 
what's the takeout from that? Well, as I say, in a way, something very unlucky happened to me, which turned out to be the luckiest thing that ever happened to me, which is I got pushed out of that first job. Because that set everything else in motion. And I mean, if that hadn't have happened, I'd probably just still be there. And I'd probably just still be, you know, going through the grind. So I was very fortunate that that happened. But if something like that doesn't happen to you, then what can you do? Well, I would say start small and work up. So make a small, think about where you want to get to, visualize it, decide what what the, the path would be, and then take the first step towards that. Make a decision. It doesn't have to be the hugest decision. It doesn't have to be selling your apartment or going to live in Australia or something. It could just be something very small. It might be something like, okay, I'm going to take on a second job so I can save more money, or I'm gonna give up this job so and take on a part-time job so I've got more time. You know, make that, make that small decision first and then build up because as I said, decision-making is a process that gets easier as you become desensitized to it. So the only way, as with anything, is to take action. So that first action, making that first decision, even if it's quite a small one, will make the next decision progressively easier. And then as you go through those decisions and you see that you're okay and you come out on the other side, it will get easier and easier and easier until you'll be in a position like me where, you know, I've made some really big, I mean, three really of the biggest life decisions that you can possibly make, I've made in the last 12 months. And, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy. I am excited about the future. I'm optimistic about the future. Um, things are going well, you know. It's about mindset. Um, it's about desensitization to decision making. And then it's about mindset. It's about how you look at those things, you know. So, What's more important to me? Is it more important to me to have an apartment in, in London, in a pretty shitty area by the way, um, this wasn't in Mayfair or anything, but to have an apartment in London, but loads of debt and loads of stress, or is it actually really more important for me just to wanna do my own thing? And in the end, the answer to that question was pretty obvious, and the means to make that decision was enabled by the fact that I've been through so much change that actually a little bit more didn't seem to make so much of a difference. So that's it for this week. I've gone slightly over time. I hope um, that was all quite a personal story, but I hope that you can see, you can get some value from that. I hope you can get some, uh, see some application for that into your life as well. So please uh, give me a shout, give me some feedback. Very keen to hear it. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know things that you would like to hear me cover in upcoming episodes and I hope you have a fantastic week and we will speak again very soon. Bye-bye.